0: Welcome to Creating Coalitional Gestures, a BiWAP podcast by and for Black, Brown, and Indigenous women of color in writing studies. This is a digital space by and for self-identified women, both cis and trans, as well as non-binary scholars of color. I am your host, Edis Ruiz. This podcast is a collaboration between Spark Writing and Working for Change series and scholars in rhetoric and writing in an effort to create resilient strategies. We are pro-Black, pro-Brown, pro-women, pro-Indigenous. We envision this podcast as a healing justice project seeking to transform the impact of BIWOC on the field of writing writing studies. Creating coalitional gestures will take you on a journey. We will explore what healing means in writing studies by conversing with scholars, teachers, activists, and writers of color. We gesture towards healing in creating coalitions of women of color in order to remedy the silences because our culture, stories, and unique experiences continue to sustain us. We celebrate our traditions, our struggles, our triumphs, and our world as many of us are still searching for connection, recognition, belonging, and legitimation while honoring who we are as critical writing studies practitioners who also delve on the margins of cyborg and queer identity.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Don Unger, a Spark Editorial Collective member and an assistant professor at the University of Mississippi. In this introductory episode of Creating Coalitional Gestures, Yuris Ruiz is interviewed by her associate writing program administrator from the Merit Writing Program at UC Merced, Samantha Osina. In this interview, Ruiz offers a raw and uncut anti racist and decolonial lens for thinking about race and writing program administration. She's one of the few emerging scholars researching the relationships among race, racism, history, and writing program administration. In this episode, she provides an honest reflection regarding the many challenges of this work. And she addresses the challenges in an effort to encourage anti-racist coalitional gestures within writing studies. Today we're talking with Dr. Edis D. Ruiz, um, a continuing lecturer in the UC Merced Merit Writing Program. Hi, hi, hi. hi. How are you Thank doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Um, so just to give everybody a bit more about you, um, Dr. Edith D. Ruiz um, is the author of Reclaiming Composition Study. Composition for Chicanos and Chicanas and Other Ethnic Minorities, A Critical History and Pedagogy, and Decolonizing Rhetoric and Composition Studies, New Latinx Keywords for Theory and Pedagogy. On top of those two books, she's also recently published, um, as of this last October, Viva Nuestra Caucus, The Forgotten Pages of Our Caucus, a co-authored work with Romeo Garcia, Anita Hernandez, and Maria Regidor. Um, Her work in the professional field supports a collective effort for greater inclusion of ethnic minority scholars and publications in the presentation and deliverance at the yearly CES conference, arguing that CES would benefit from letting lead scholars of color hold more featured panels and leadership positions in order to foster a more inclusive environment. Um, Recently, Dr. Ruiz was awarded the Writing Program Administrator's Journal Kenneth Bruffy Award for her article Race, Silence, and Writing Program Administration, a Qualitative Study of U.S. College Writing Programs, co-written with Genevieve Garcia de Muller. We're meeting up with her today to talk about this award, um, what it means for the current state of composition studies, and possibilities for the future um so that so we're glad to have this conversation so i think maybe like the best way to start off is um maybe for those not familiar with this kenneth brothy award um, can you tell us a little bit more about it and um kind of what it means in the greater scale of things Um, So Kenneth
0: Bruffy is a famous kind of rhetorician in the field of composition and rhetoric and uh, basically what the award does is it acknowledges the best article that's put out by the Council of Writing Program Administrators in their uh, journal. Um, It acknowledges the best article written for the year so it's um, granted on a yearly basis and it is presented at the CWPA conference Um, and uh, actually we were quite pleasantly surprised that we received this award, but we have received quite a bit of support and encouragement from CWPA in doing this work.
1: Yeah. and, you know, it occurs to me, um, so, like, the, the second question I had for you was, why do you think that this, art, this article was chosen for the award, and what does that mean for the current state of composition studies, but it might be better to maybe, um, can you give us a little bit more about what what this article was about, maybe where it kind of came from, and Um, I guess the little bit of context in the story about the creating of this article and throwing this question at you out of nowhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's actually a pretty interesting story. It's one of um, great collaboration and thinking about uh, how Genevieve and I came to meet about this. um, You know, we are both part of the uh, (laughs) NCTE 4C's Latinx Caucus and um, we had initially started our communication over the caucus listserv and oftentimes we do uh, present you know proposed different proposals or different um Descriptions of the work that we're working on um, and what we also uh, bring invitations to people that might want to participate In the work that we're doing and the research that we're doing Um, And so with Genevieve, she was kind of already working on a proposal for a special issue for CWPA That specifically focused on race and writing program administration Um, And for some reason, you know, uh, we actually talk about this in our upcoming uh, book length study of this Um article, uh, we talk about more about, you know, kind of the background of this study and what happened with that particular proposal. So I don't want to really get into that now, but when Genevieve um, presented the proposal and as the leader of the People of Color uh, Caucus for CWPA at that time, um, she told us that it was not accepted. And so um, as you know, an incoming leader, I was incoming as a leader uh, for the NCTE 4Cs Caucus that year. Um, I asked her if she'd be interested in putting the proposal forward to the 4Cs Research Initiative grant application that would then be granted um, at the 4Cs in 2015 and 2016. And we actually did, we're really pleasantly surprised that we received the uh, funding to continue this research forward, not necessarily in a special issue for CWPA, but in an actual funded study that will be done specifically for 4Cs. And um, and that's kind of how the study uh, got off the ground. Cause um, yeah, we were both interested in the relationship between race and writing program administration. I've been interested in the history of race within the field itself and had already done my research in that area. So it kind of made sense to collaborate with Genevieve and we were really pleasantly, I guess, surprised that this, um, this work was recognized. And when we were granted the research initiative grant, it was Joyce Lockhart Carter, who was the chair of forces at that time that said, this was exactly the work that needed to be funded and it's exactly the work that needed to be focused on at the time. And we're pretty certain this is the first study of its kind within the field.
1: Cool, can you tell us more about like, you know, what, so this this is exactly what's being needed, like, what do, you, what do you see as the thing that's the exact thing that we're needing at this time?
0: Um, well, what we've kind of found, you know, myself as a historian of the field and Genevieve of somebody who's looking specifically at um, qualitative data and the way that race functions within programs, I think, um, you know, as I mentioned, this particular study is uh, the first of its kind. And we also mentioned in our article that although rhetoric and composition as a field uh, slash discipline has considered historically the relationship between race and right and college writing instruction. So when we talk about, you know, the history of the relationship between race and writing, college instruction, we're looking at things like um, African American vernacular. We're looking at things like English as a second language. We're looking at populations like generation 1.5. And we're looking a little bit at, just starting to look at a little bit at the uh, white meritocratic discourse that um, is basically the foundation for teaching uh, first year composition. So we've already started to definitely uncover and archeologically consider those relationships. But what Genevieve and I found through our research was that there hasn't been a specific study that looked specifically at the role of race within writing program administration and within the various elements of writing program administration and the article is largely structured around um, considering that particular history race and writing program administration but also the various functions that race could play within the various factions of um, a writing program such as the uh, pedagogical training, um, faculty development, assessment procedures, and student support. And those are the four areas that we um, talked about and that those are the four basically guiding principles that divided the data and also categorized the data and we organized in that way. But for the purposes of moving forward, we also um, wanted to consider within the book length study, the relationship between race and curricula And Mm -hmm. curriculum design and the ways that writing programs go forward with their particular curricula with an anti racist agenda in mind. Cool.
1: So, why, I guess, when they're choosing this, so what then does it mean that this? um this was chosen like what do you think that that's saying about like where we are with current composition do you think that this is um i guess what i'm trying to say is do you think this is signaling a change or do you think it's like saying we need to change or do you think it's like do you get what i'm saying is like kind of like what kind of um to have this be chosen for this award for the year uh, uh what do you think that that means for what's happening in composition studies
0: That's a really good question. I think it's good to give a little bit of context of what happened the year before this article was chosen for this particular award. And so in 2018, um, the NCTE's Four Cs Latinx Caucus uh, put out a letter, a joint statement um, in support of a boycott of the Four Seas Conference because many of the Cs members were claiming that um, Cs was unwilling to move the conference from a location that was blatantly racist, especially towards African-Americans, um, which at that time was Kansas City, Missouri. And actually, Kansas City, Kansas, and um, and so we were thinking let me backtrack. It was a, a, a policy called Senate Bill 4, which was in Missouri. So it would actually be Kansas City, Missouri. Sorry for that uh, confusion. Um, and so when it, the word came to um, our caucus list, serve you know, as the caucus leader of that time, um, we decided we were going to go ahead and put out a, a, a petition-like letter. It definitely um, had, you know, enough signatures to where we feel it made an impact. It was, I think, about um, 800 signatures or so from very influential people in the field. And we ultimately, um, our position was is that we would boycott the conference if they were unwilling to move it from that location in which that Senate bill, um, you know, explained that it would be very hard for anybody who experienced racism within that uh, region to claim discrimination. And so when we saw that and the fact that the, that many of the members were already complaining and on social media and saying no way that they were not going to go to that conference if the conference couldn't value their safety right um uh so basically what ended up happening where there was a, there was quite a big number of people who decided not to show up to the four seas conference in 2018 and in addition to that so it, coupled with that was the um creation and um, implementation of what was called a Social Justice Action Committee that was put in place that particular year by Asao Inou. Know, who was the chair of SEAS last year, and he? I think he's outgoing now, um, but he put that together. And interestingly, many members of the Latinx Caucus actually helped to um, organize that particular committee, as well as the events that occurred with that committee. So not only did we did we advocate for boycott, and and many of us did boycott, but we also contributed to the events that took place through the social justice action committee so we definitely we we didn't want to just leave the organization and not you know contribute anything in terms of how do we move forward in this particular position and so that was the year before the we received this award so I think that was kind of a wake-up call you know for the field that there are definitely faculty of color who are not willing to um, participate in a professional organization and a professional conference solely for the purpose of professional advancement and recognition if the conference was not willing to pay attention to many of its concerns of its um, you know racially minoritized populations mm. and so it kind of built a you know it, it brought forward a red flag uh, with with the organization and and so we received it in 2019 which is is really interesting because um, you know the summer of 2019 is when, when we received it um, the whole writing program administration lister went through um, a type of revolutionary I guess, paradigm shift. One could say, you know, that's called the, uh, that people have termed the WPA feminist revolution. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it started off with calling out, ba- you know, uh, blatantly calling out sexist behavior on the list mm-hmm. towards a white woman claimed feminist on the list. And that's where it kind of started. And then from there, there were, de- there were various conversations about, um, the role of um, African-American vernacular uh, within writing pedagogy, and then uh, later on with this, the uh, call for proposals for the 2018 um, C's, no, 2019 C's conference. With that particular call, it, it brought up another racialized conversation about code switching and the role of African-American vernacular in the CFP. And that really caused um, just a, a, a lot of people coming out of, I would say the woodwork because these are people that don't necessarily um, participate in the listserv because they have often have felt silenced by the listserv. And they say it's mostly for, you know, the white male professors as a space for them to interact, but not necessarily paying attention to women as much, but definitely not to people of color. Mm-hmm. So that was a really big, in, you know, that was a really big kind of revolutionary moment for the field, those two back to back. And I would say that, you know, it was definitely kind of a, a building up effect to um, for the for the field to kind of have a wake up call to pay attention in various ways to um, people of color's concerns. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's definitely have, have, has had a, um, a growing effect in different organizations as well,
1: beyond C's. Mm -hmm. so now it seems like you know that nationally um that there's there's a shifting happening with the tension that happens whenever there's a shift of of um the change moving you know i was talking to somebody um the other day and they were talking about like your generation seems more to like push against like some of these things that happen with people of color and women in the professional world where this was just especially in academia this was just the expected way like of course these types of discriminations would happen and of course these types of statements would happen but I never wanted to make the waves and, it, and that your generation she said is more about push pushing against that um, and it seems like that's Kind of what you're talking about here is there's a there's a push for this is no longer okay like we've been quiet about it and we're speaking out now do you feel like um this article that you wrote um is is kind of writing into that or like looking to push that forward i know like with the book that you just mentioned like an anti-racist pedagogy i think um definitely is do you think that the article was kind of beginning that push or um was it like i'm all in already on it (laughs)
0: um it was definitely at the beginning of the push because since that was 2015 2016 and then we had a 2017 um was, you know, I think that was the bridge over from the grant over into the boycott in 2018. And so in 2017, I actually did write also an article through um, Latino Rebels, um, which is titled The Decolonial Conference Review. And um, in that, in that review it's basically a conference review Um, you know I do call out some of the scholars there for uh, their inattention to people of color within their presentations within their research and um, and it just kind of goes back to um, you know what Composition scholars were trying to be bring attention to in the civil rights right after the civil rights movement, and so um, you know being a historical kind of you know scholar that I am and looking back at civil rights and its effect on composition studies was kind of like okay now where are we at now in the 21st century in 2017 seemed to be kind of the year to do that because we were in Oregon, and um, you know Oregon is a very uh, Portland Oregon is a very kind of white um, city, and um, you know it was very apparent that. With being a leader of the Latinx caucus, I'm trying to figure out ways to bridge our presence there with the mainstream kind of happenings of the conference, because the Latinx caucus has often functioned in an isolated manner. Mm-hmm. And our concerns have not necessarily ever been central, but they became central in 2018 because we had that role in the boycott, but also the role in, um, you know, helping organize the uh the SJAC and so I think all of that exactly what you're saying was kind of you know building up to in addition to the WPAL revolution um, you know it's kind of all building up to yes we definitely need a book-length study on it and Genevieve and I have been you know, here and there are doing um, interviews with different P- WPAs across the nation all during this process, in which it is very evident that within each campus that we have a, a really, a closer look at that we're finding out what some of the racial climates, the ra- racial bias that takes place there in attention to anti-racism um, and inattention to um, diversity and equity hiring practices. And all of those things are becoming evident um, as we look at some of the really honest forthcoming interviews that we've done so far so it definitely needs to be a book bank study
1: yeah great yeah. um and so I guess I mean it seems like an obvious answer but like what do you see as the hoped kind of outcome of like this the project that's coming out of this article that won this award
0: um that's an excellent question I think um you know we really appreciate the participants being forthcoming I will say that some of them have not made a commitment yet to really trying to grapple with some of the racial bias that is taking place in the program, um, either on a professional level um, or in terms of student support or in terms of curricular development. Um, and, you know, their support for faculty of color in general, um, but through the interviews, I will say that some of them have also realized that this is taking place to where they might not have thought about it before. And so that's a really big step forward is to kind of just get people to think about it and to also realize that writing programs cannot necessarily function as they have been functioning ever since... Um, you know the beginning of the field in around 1950 they can't necessarily just only function on white meritocratic discourse aristotelian logic current traditional rhetoric or even kind of the older modes of teaching writing without considering the role and the histories of people of color because as our demographics are shifting and as, as it is clear I think as you mentioned with this within this particular historical moment Within this political climate, it is clear that people still have their very ingrained racial uh, biases that need to be addressed. And they definitely spill over into the classroom. They spill over into um, you know institutions of higher education. And they're very, very present within writing programs because writing programs are involved in that whole, you know, maintenance of culture, cultural creation, the maintenance of white meritocratic um, discourse and practice. And so, um, yeah, we, we definitely see ourselves as an intervention. Um, Trying to expose the limitations of that approach and the limitations within the scholarship of the field that have not necessarily, I don't think, arrived at the moment they wanted to arrive at that they expressed that scholars expressed right after the civil rights movement, after
1: the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, you kind of tapped on this my um, this already, but you know this question about like, you know where you know, given all of this, um, this problem, right, there's the problem of the past, but there's also the problem of the present and the difficulties that people have in, in transitioning and even recognizing or even wanting to be open to recognizing, right? Um, you know, where do you feel like um, we need to go? Um, and maybe like, what do you see as the biggest obstacles around there? And how do we get there? I mean, that's the hugest, the biggest question that there possibly can be, but feels like it's really at the heart of the work that you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll just mention a little bit about Genevieve and I and the way we're trying to approach our local uh, writing programs, our local institutions, and our role within our local, um, you know, area and our local professional context. You know, it is apparent, I think it was mentioned earlier today in one of our meetings that um, Genevieve recently was a, uh, a victim of um, a, a hate, hate speech, um, hate, hateful threat. That took place at Syracuse University, where she's at, and um, basically, you know, it was in reference to her racial um, identity. And she's been very vocal about that, and um, and she understands the context of the institution that she's in. That she had to push very hard to get a response from the chancellor, um, you know, that dealt with her safety as well as just acknowledging the this hate this hate crime that took place against her. And so she realizes the 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 uphill battle kind of that it takes to. Um, you know, encourage people to acknowledge the issues of race, of racial bias, of racial hate crime. Um, and their institution is still very much within the turmoil of their Black Student Union, having demands towards a chancellor that have not been met yet. And then, you know, that's where she's at kind of locally speaking. And then for myself, um, within the context of the merit writing program, you know, without getting into too much detail about it, is that um, we were fortunate to have a WPA. Um, that came in last year, uh, well, actually for the last two years, who came in very committed to diversity and equity um, initiatives, which was great because as I was cons- as I was like going through, you know, writing up the article, um, seeing how the WPAL was going through this revolution, our program was also um, being altered in a way in which it had never been before to consider the importance of diversity and equity um, and inclusive initiatives. And so we now have a person who is a chair who is a very um, committed to these initiatives taking on this role specifically within a writing program. I just want to mention that one of the findings in our article, however, is that it is often people of color who take on this work. And the work is um, can be very um, taxing, emotionally, psychologically, even physically. Um, those the reason why we make that clear is because we want administration to understand that this work is very important, that it should be valued, and that it definitely should be taken into consideration as labor that is valued towards, for example, promotion and tenure, merit, or any of that other. Uh, any other considerations that are similar to promotion and tenure for contingent faculty, for example. Um, and so I think it's important for us to, um, consider, you know, that the labor often does take, um, a toll on, uh, its leaders. And often the leaders are scholars of color so far. So hopefully what we would like to see is, um, you know, other writing programs taking on the initiative of, um, clearly and um, openly, but also in a sustained manner, taking on um, diversity initiatives at various levels. And as we had mentioned in the article, uh, at the level of pedagogical training, at the level of faculty development, at the level of student support, and at the level of assessment practices. And so if, if writing programs can put that commitment on their agenda, you know, knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, that's what we would like to see. We would like to see that as it's starting off in, you know, um, various kind of just spread out local contexts, but we like to see it grow into different programs that wouldn't necessarily see themselves as committed to social justice or DEI initiatives, but to see themselves as able to do this work, that it's work that can be done and that there's progress that can be made, even if it seems like they don't, have any idea or clue where to begin thank
1: you so much for talking yeah. to us about the work that you're doing it's really exciting and we're excited to have you part of our merit writing program team. thank you so much i
0: appreciate it it was great talking to you thank you Thank you for listening to the CCG BiWalk podcast. I'm Sherry Craig, an assistant professor of English at Westchester University in Pennsylvania and co-editor of the SPARK 2020 special issue on Black Studies. I invite you to stay tuned for our next podcast with Alexandria Lockett, an assistant professor of English at Spelman University. She will be discussing some of her latest work and pedagogy as a writing studies Bywalk practitioner at a premier HBCU. You can find us at sparkactivism.com forward slash CCG podcast.